Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. It's Anna here, and obviously I have the lovely Shay with me. Hi, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say hello to me. Say hello to everybody else. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, So yesterday in a moment of procrastination I was scrolling through Instagram as you do the lovely stories of Shay Dyer caught my attention and I started to watch your Insta stories as you do and Shay you're doing a challenge in your move breathe create community this month which is move every day in May and that's inspired the topic for this podcast which is to talk a little bit about movements because it's not something we've really fully dived into on the show we talked a little bit about yoga but not movement from a more general perspective so before we dive into that today tell us a little bit about this move breathe create challenge you've got going on what was the inspiration for that and 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 what's going on Yeah, I decided that I wanted to bring a little bit more of a community element into the membership platform that I have, because I think it's always fun to jump on knowing that there's other people who are doing a similar challenge to you and you can kind of inspire you to move. And I think for me, 
especially now as we're moving towards summer, I'm feeling really excited to be outside and to move my body. And it's, it's, it's really, I'm feeling fired up to do that. Whereas I think that people who are perhaps in the Southern hemisphere at the moment who are heading towards winter, it can be a little bit more challenging to move your body when all you want to do is really hibernate and get underneath the blanket. So wherever you are, it's a good um, way to get some external accountability to join a challenge and see if you can move your body every day. So what I've got inside the platform on Move, Breathe, Create is I've got a yoga flow or a practice every single day that people can follow. Um, sometimes the practice is already short, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, but sometimes it's a longer flow that people can really move and get into their bodies. And my reason for doing just a movement every day, and I think we'll probably get into this, is uh, the difference between um, exercise and movement, is that I think that, first of all, it requires action, and action can stimulate then inspiration and inspiration can then stimulate motivation. So we can go through that cycle of getting ourselves active, which then can lead to motivational inspiration and that can create this little loop for us. So if we're feeling like we're stagnating, sometimes the best thing that we can do is to do something. So the body is an easy way to be able to access that. So if you're feeling stuck or just like things are not moving forward, um, you can literally just shake off your body and get yourself going again by just committing to moving your body a little bit every single day. And I think that habit or building that discipline to move every day is what's really the key in it. Yeah, exciting. So one of the things we wanted to talk about on the show, and you kind of mentioned it already as you were speaking, is this, like, what is the difference between movement and exercise? Because very often we think that they're the same thing, but I think maybe that energetically at least in the mindset around the two, there can be a little bit of a difference. And the way that I think about it is that very often, you know, we live a sedentary lifestyle. So we sit in the morning and we drink our coffee and we sit and we have our breakfast and then maybe we sit in a car or we sit on our commute to get to work where most people, unless they have a physical job, sit at a desk and then they, you know, sit to go home and then they sit, to eat dinner and then they sit in front of the TV and then they lie down and they go to bed. So we are in this sort of very sedentary society when we're always holding our body in the same posture most days. And obviously this is a generalization, but for the, the, the masses, it's pretty true. And then if you are wanting to look after your health and if you are wanting to do something good for your body, you maybe decide you're going to do some exercise. So then for your 30 minutes a day, five times a week or whatever it might be, you dedicate some time to some sort of formal activity, which is I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to, or I'm going to do this class or I'm going to do this run or whatever it might be. I'm going to go lift some weights. And we, we get up, we do our thing, and then we essentially sit down again for the rest of the day. And so if we think about the difference between formal exercise and movement, what is your interpretation of the meaning of the two? Um, for me, movement is much more of a generalized way of being. So it doesn't have to necessarily raise your heart rate or get the blood going or everything sweating and pumping. Although that is a really good way to move your body if you're feeling like you've got the energy for that. But for me, it's about the intensity and about your yeah, heart rate getting elevated beyond a certain point. And I think that will range depending on, on your body and your age. And, and maybe you can speak more about the science about that. Um, but I think also just 
just having general movement is so good because as you said, we have a very sedentary life and that sedentary life is often in one plane of movement. So we've got three different planes of movement in the body. We've got the sagittal plane of movement, which if you imagine you've got like a sutra or like a joining at the top of your head from your nose all the way to the back of your head. And if you were to draw a line down the body or a plane down the body, the sagittal plane of movement would be moving backwards and forwards in the direction of that plane. So you are taking your arms forward. It would be the same as walking, running, cycling, rowing, any of those movements continue in the sagittal plane. So it's like forward and backward movement. Um, Even sitting at your desk is sitting hunched over, you're coming into that sagittal plane of movement. And that's really where most of us get stuck in the sagittal plane of movement. Um, Even if we do go for a walk or go for a run, we can tend to be stuck in that. So the next plane that we've got is the frontal or coronal plane of movement. And that would be cutting the body in or sideways movement. So like a jumping jack or moving out to the side would be in the coronal or frontal plane of movement. And then we've got the transverse or horizontal plane of movement. And that is cutting the body top to bottom. And it's more of a rotational movement. So that is also another reason why yoga is such a really powerful way of moving your body because it allows us to tap into all of these different planes of movement. Whereas going for a run or going for a walk or even swimming, it tends to be generally in that front and back movement, that sagittal plane forward and backwards. Whereas something like yoga where you've got twists, you've got rotations, you've got sideways bending, lateral flexion, like you've got all these different ranges of movement, which is really good for building healthy joints, building muscles in different places of the body, and just giving yourself an all-round functional movement, which is how the body's meant to move. You know, if we think of going back in prehistoric time when we were required to, you know, twist underneath a rock or climb up over a cave or climb up underneath a cave or climb up a tree, it was lots of twisting, rotation, side body, and all all over planes of movement. And because we're getting stuck in this pattern of front and back movement, we're losing the ability to uh, move the body in all this variety of ways. This is really good for supporting the joints of the body. So yeah, that's kind of another little segue into why movement in general is, is a good thing to build into your day-to-day habits. So I love what you mentioned there is this flexibility to move in different ways. And one of the things that you said was when you're thinking about like movement versus exercise, you kind of think of more of exercise as being something more like formal and more structured and maybe a little bit more rigid in terms of the desired outcome, which is I need to get my sweat on or get my heart rate up or work to a specific intensity. And I think that that tends to be more of our like formal exercise sessions. And actually even like what you're saying about the different planes of movement is very often that when people are running, they're in that sagittal plane. When people are cycling, they're in that sagittal plane. When they're rowing, they're in that sagittal plane. Even when you're weightlifting, unless you're doing any twists or rotations a lot of weightlifting movements like squat lunge bicep curls tricep dips pull-ups it's all sagittal movement to a certain extent maybe with a little bit of that frontal plane thrown in from time to time so 
Actually, one of the things that I teach a lot in um, the work that I do is looking at this concept of intensity, because there can be this trend, which is to, and I was definitely one of these people once upon a time where it like, I wasn't exercised, so to speak, unless I had like completely pushed myself to the maximum and, you know, left nothing behind in terms of how much effort that I had put in. And what I learned from that is that it's actually not such a healthy way to be because what we need is flexibility. And we've talked about this probably in other aspects of health. And this is not the flexibility you get from doing yoga, <laughs> although maybe yes, if you, if you put it in a different frame. But this flexibility to move in different planes, um, but also flexibility to move our body at different intensities. And so instead of being seated and kind of going from zero to hero, so spending most of your life in sedentary, and then when you do exercise, then you're like, boom, like put it all out there. It's actually to some days, yes, you do want to push yourself very hard because when you push yourself very hard, you're using certain energy systems in the body and you're exercising and strengthening those systems. And then sometimes when you do moderate intensity exercise, you're using different energy systems and you're supporting the health of those systems. And then when you're doing low intensity exercise, you're using a completely different set of systems in the body. And all of them need to be accessed and all of them need to be used so that we have the flexibility to draw upon them as and when we need. And the way that I like to describe this to my clients is that your low intensity movement or exercise is whatever you can do with and still be able to sing. <laughs> so when someone goes to a yoga class, it obviously does depend on the intensity of the yoga class because yoga classes are, are different, but you could probably sing or especially in yoga, when you want to stay with your breath, there's a lot of breath control that's happening, which means that you actually can't push yourself like really, really hard. And then you've got moderate intensity, which is being able to exercise and talk, but not sing. So you might be going for a jog and you can chat with your friend, but you wouldn't necessarily be singing along together <laughs> as you run down the street, <laughs> unless it was a very, very gentle jog. And then you've got your high intensity exercise, which is the exercise when I guess you lose breath control and therefore you wouldn't be able to talk or sing. You would just be trying to survive and keep going and, and putting all your energy into really pushing yourself to the maximum. And it's not that one is good or bad or better than the other. It's actually being able to access all of these different things, you know, as part of our, our weekly regime or, or weekly movement. And so what I think is often missing for a lot of people is when they exercise, they're mostly going to take themselves to moderate and high intensity. And where I kind of think that the movement piece falls in, and this is just my opinion, is that movement sometimes comes more into this low intensity exercise. It's where we're like moving our body and even just sitting and breathing can be movement because the diaphragm is expanding and contracting. Um, so it's just moving our body, as you said, not with the desire to get the heart rate up or to reach a certain intensity, but to almost just be in the body and free things up and just get that cardiovascular system, which is the system that's most active when we're at lower intensities, kind of just fired up. So we're getting blood flow, we're getting oxygenation to the tissues, we're supporting the healing of the body. You know, we're not just 
coming from like a seated stressed position into a high intensity exercising stressed position but there's this kind of nourishment that's the word I'm looking for that comes from just having more movement in your day whether it's a formal exercise session or not Mm. I love that term of using nourishment for the body because that's what it is. It's nourishing for your joints. It's really good for overall well-being. It's good for your mind. So it really is just a nourishing practice. One other thing, which is, I think, something useful is that if somebody who is really sedentary has this real aversion to exercise in terms of the formal sense of, my gosh, now I've got to raise my heart rate and it's just it feels too much and it's too intense and it's just overwhelming – building in those little pockets of movement into your day in a more formal way. Okay, now I'm going to do a 30-minute yoga flow where I'm not going to be overwhelmed with, you know, high intensity and sweat and, uh, you know, stress my system in a healthy way, but I'm just going to move my body. And I think that that ability to move your body is very cumulative because I think the hardest thing about actually, if you, especially if you're exercising or doing any formal movement at home, is actually getting to do it. So once you've got your kit on and you're ready to do your 15 minutes of movement, you may get to your 15 minutes of movement and that maybe is all that you've done all day. And once you've done that 15 minutes of movement, you actually think, yeah, I think I can do a little bit of more movement or I can, I can do a little bit more, get, get my heart rate up a little bit more. Maybe you do 10 extra minutes of something that's a little bit more high intensity, but it's about getting that foot in the door to start that, which I think is the hardest thing and the most challenging thing for everyone. So that's why having a challenge, something like that, you can force yourself to, okay, I'm just going to do this 10 minutes of movement or 20 minutes of movement today and see where that goes. It may not take you anywhere else and that will be for you to decide judging on your own energy levels and judging on um, what else is going on in your day and how you've slept. But um, to really be in your body, as you said before, and nourish it with what it needs. And it might need to just take those 10 minutes of gentle breathing or gentle movement, rotations or twists or whatever it is. And that might be enough. Or at the end of it, it might feel like, actually, now my body is really warmed up and I'm really excited and wanting to generate a little bit more heat, a little bit more fire in the body. So it is, it is that opportunity to tune inwards again. So that's funny that you mentioned that because that used to be the way that I would trick myself into going to the gym. People people always used to say to me, look, how do you, people say, how do you motivate yourself? How do you motivate yourself? And I'm always like, oh, it's not motivation, it's my inspiration, blah, 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 blah. um, Anyway, one of the ways in which I would motivate myself or inspire myself, whatever term you want to use, is I would like to say, just go and you don't like just start with your warm-up. So my warm-up would usually be just like really nice, like almost like yogury type movements. So I would just do like, you know, inchworms, which is like traveling, you know, across the, the floor, just into plank and then walking your feet to your hands and then walking your hands out to your feet. And then some of the more like yoga type stretches to open the hips and, you know, various bits and bobs. So that was just for me, like very, just a very nice way for me to move my body that just felt good. So I always used to say like, just, just show up and just start to do your warm up. And then if you don't feel like doing anything after your warm up, you can go home. And, and then granted, once you're there and you get moving and you get the juices flowing, then you do actually most of the time, like probably say 9.9 times out of 10, feel like doing more. It's just that initial moving from that stagnation and that stuckness and then gaining, gaining your momentum. 
that stuckness is like the inertia the body's come to rest and like that is like a science thing you know when the body stopped it's really hard to pick up that momentum again um but what you were talking about is directly related to this concept of this inspiration cycle or system and i know we've spoken about it on previous episodes of the show but what happens is that people usually wait for inspiration. So they wait for inspiration and then the inspiration they think is going to give them the motivation and then the motivation is going to create the action. Once you take action, then you get more inspiration and then it goes around back on that circle. But what you are saying by going to the gym is that you're actually starting from the action. So you take the action of going to the gym. Once you get to the gym, then you're inspired to move. And then once you start moving, then you get that motivation to go a little bit more, which then takes you back into that little um, circle of, of going around, but you're starting instead from inspiration, you're starting at the action point or taking or doing something, which I think is the value in having something like a challenge to keep you going. Yeah. And um, also I think as well as like, you don't have to go to the gym. That doesn't have to be your action, but your action can just be stand on your yoga mat. That is the first action. Or in my case, Clear put your the, clothes on. No, put my clothes on, but also like clear the cat balls out the way, <laughs> the cat food off the floor that's fallen in the on the floor. <laughs> so then put the yoga mat down, yeah. and then I'm, once once I've been, that's the hardest part is making space for the yoga mats. And then once the yoga yeah. mat's got its space, then then I can do it. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance to skin conditions to immune function. As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation. Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea but I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high-quality green tea, hand-picked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought, this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small, family-owned businesses, and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines, as an antioxidant face mask for my skin, putting it into my smoothies, and making matcha vegan ice cream. Kombucha and Color are delighted to be partnering with Emerald Matcha Green Tea. Place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for Emerald Matcha, that's Emerald Matcha, on amazon.co.uk. You can use the discount code kombucha15 for 15% off. Speaking about this, having to make space and having to clear out your day and get your clothes on, what do you think are some of the other common barriers that people have regarding not finding the time or the motivation to take that first step? And what are some other ways that we can help alleviate that, do you think? So I don't think time is an issue for most people. And I know that sounds really weird to say that, but having worked with so many people who initially might say, I don't have time, and then later on hearing how they admit or they have realized that they're, they're wasting a lot of time. I know that you said to take the action first, you need the inspiration, but um, or taking action can help with inspiration. Mm. But I actually think for some people, they also need inspiration. So it's not necessarily about time, it's about value. We can assign value to things based on our own thought patterns. So what happens with many people is they don't always think, um, they think maybe one or two levels deep. They don't go six levels deep. 
So what that essentially means is if I say Shay diet, you're going to move every day in May. And then you're just thinking, oh, well, now I've got to find time to do this. And maybe it's going to cost me some money because I've got to buy a yoga mat or I've got to get a new sports bra, whatever it is. And there's, there's pain there as opposed to pleasure. And because of the first couple of levels, sometimes there is pain. Um, you've got to make the time, you've got to find the energy, maybe it's going to cost you something financially to get going. But then when we start to look, okay, but now once you've found the time and you've got the equipment, what happens next? Oh, after the session, you feel more relaxed or you have more energy throughout the day and you're getting stronger and you're getting fitter. Maybe you're meeting new people, you're connecting to a community because you're doing the challenge or whatever it is. So Often we, we don't look at the bigger picture in terms of how our actions might serve us, especially the actions that we're maybe resisting. And we can go either way. We can, if we can go through like the six layers of inspiration, so thinking about the consequences, the positive consequences once we get, get going. And then when we see this vision of ourselves doing the movement and feeling amazing and you know, with lovely toned and sculpted yoga arms and all, you know, all the possible things that people could positively attach to. You're like, oh yeah, I want to do this now. And the alternative option is to go to six layers of pain of not doing it. So the immediate pain for not doing something might be, well, but the immediate payoff for not doing something might be, oh, well, I just get to stay comfortable and just as I am, or it's safe for me here because I, I can just relax and now I've got more time to do something else. But then when we go deeper, it's like, oh, well, if I don't do any movement or I don't do any exercise, then what is the consequence of that? Or I start to get unhealthier. And then what happens then now? I start to have less energy. And what happens then? Well, because I've got less energy, I don't put as much effort into my diet and then I start eating badly. And then what happens then? Well, I'm, I'm gaining weight and I'm getting more and more unhealthy. And then what happens then? Oh, I end up with a disease. So we can create a lot of pain by going into the deeper levels of not doing it. And we can create a lot of pleasure by going into the deeper levels of doing it. And then we've got these polar opposites. And when we've got those two opposites, it's much easier to find that inspiration to take the action. What I've been teaching in class this week in some of the yoga practices is this idea of being out of integrity with yourself. So as you say, like maybe the intention for you is to really get fit, really get healthy, do the things, move every day, but there's somewhere you're out of integrity with yourself and you are actually not doing those things or you're not showing up for yourself. So how can you start to close that gap between the real thing that you're doing and the thing that you think that you are doing and, and kind of close that gap so that you are more in alignment with yourself. And I think the first step is also to acknowledge and notice where you are. So as you were talking about, there's a scale down on that pain scale and you've got that positive scale on the other side. So if you can really be honest with yourself and go, actually, well, I'm not really up on this top scale. I'm somewhere sort of at the bottom. And when you acknowledge that, then you can move, grow and expand from that place. But until you can really be accurate with where you are, I think it's really difficult to move up that ladder because you are incongruent with yourself at somewhere and you, your body will never lie. Like your, your mind can always trick you into thinking that you're somewhere else, but your body will always tell you. And so that's why a practice like yoga where you are tuning into your body is really, really important for us to be able to honor exactly where we are and come back into that integrity with ourselves and, and where we truly are. 
Yeah, and I think as well is that um, I think we spoke about this on previous episodes, but in order for us to really start to move forward or step into our power, we have to take ownership, which means owning where you are now and then then taking responsibility for finding the solutions and then taking action on whichever the most appropriate solution is in the moment. So what are some ways that we can help people get motivated to move? Other than just having that clear vision of what it is that you're wanting, or maybe, you know, you want a checkboard that's got every single day in May and you want to make a cross on your calendar or um, something practical or tangible that we can give to people as a tool. So I, when I teach my clients, it comes back to kind of what we've already said, which is about this associating with the higher, the higher purpose or the higher vision. And so in order for us to inspire ourselves to continue to move forward towards our goals, whatever they may be in, in this case, a movement goal, it's having a clear vision of what we actually want to get out of it. And for most people, that's going to come back to a feeling. And for a lot of people, it might be a feeling of health or a feeling of vitality or a feeling of energy or a feeling of strength. Um, it could be other things too. And so there needs to be some way that people connect with that each day. And for me personally, I like to just use like a timer on my phone. Like I'll use Insight Timer. I'll put it on for five minutes. And then I have mantras which relate to specific things that I'm working on that I just sit and repeat and do get some of that energy or that feeling into my body. Another thing which we've also touched on before is maybe having a vision board. So some sort of visual representation, if you're, especially if you're a visual person, which represents the bigger picture, because it's not just about, oh, it would be fun to do some yoga every day. It's much more about like the, the higher purpose to it all. Mm. I also think another two tools is that to have someone who is in partnership with you or who's someone else who can keep you externally accountable if you struggle to find that motivation within yourself or maybe you're really stagnating and you need a little bit of external boost. So maybe joining a challenge where there's other people involved or getting a friend that's nearby who can say, okay, you know what, today we're going for a walk, tomorrow we're doing this and it's quite structured and having that plan that you can follow I think is really useful as well. So um, if you're not part of the challenge or if you're not doing a challenge you can write one out for yourself today i'm going to walk today i'm going to do this today I'm, tomorrow i'm going to do that so having a plan and then having a little workout buddy or a movement buddy is i think quite useful and then something else which is i don't know how we feel about this but to have some kind of reward or external motivator to get you moving every day so maybe you say to yourself you know there's a I don't know, there's a show on Broadway that you've really been wanting to see or there's something that you're wanting to buy for yourself or there's something that you're wanting to invest in yourself or whatever it is, a book or you say to yourself, you know what, here's my calendar and I'm going to check off every single day I do movement in May or every single day that I do movement for the next month. And once all of those tick boxes are checked off, then you can reward yourself with whatever it is that you have wanted for a while and use that as your litmus test and only reward yourself when you've actually been honest. And again, coming back to this piece of being in integrity with yourself and being truthful with yourself of when you've managed it and then reward yourself. Yeah, those are some good tips. And I just, just as you were mentioning the accountability piece, I was reminded of the work of Gretchen Rubin and I may have touched on it in one of the previous episodes. And she talks about the four tendencies, um, which are the obligers, the upholders, 
the questioners and the rebel. And in, within these four tendencies that people have, I think about 50% of people fall into the obliger category. And so obligers will not necessarily do something for themselves. But if someone else is there, they will do that thing, whatever it might be to kind of please that person or keep that other person happy. They'll be much more willing to show up for someone else than they are for themselves. So most people probably fall into that obliger category. So if you're an obliger, you need to have some form of external accountability. The other type is the upholders and upholders are very good at keeping accountable to themselves. I'm a, which is Anna. <laughs> yeah. That's why I find it really hard to identify with people. And I'm like, why don't you just do it? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, I need somebody else to please. <laughs> yeah, but in but even that's it, I would still say that there are areas of my life that I uphold better than others. And then when I have external accountability in those areas where I struggle to uphold my own standards, then then I'm like, awesome. And then um, then the smaller percentages are the question and the rebels. So the questioner will eventually become an upholder, I guess, if they have fully questioned the why and they have a good understanding of exactly why they expect to do. And they'll be like, okay, so we're moving every day in May. And like, why is it every day? Why is it May? Like, they'll want to know like, all the answers to the questions um, before. But then when they like understand and they're sold, they're in like fully. And then the rebel kind of just makes their own way. So um, if you're a I'm rebel, a rebel. Are you a rebel? <laughs> yes. You can go and do the test, actually, I think on Gretchen Rubin's website and, and just ask you a whole lot of questions and it'll give you whatever your um, tendency is. Um, but yeah, rebels, they kind of need to almost like reverse psychology themselves into doing it. So mm-hmm. somebody needs to say, no, you bet you you can't do it. And they'll go, well, I bet you I can. Yeah. So it's, it's very much like... Uh, yeah, it's a difficult one to manage, but if you are rebel, I'm here with you. I <laughs> <laughs> will. She will be offering some rebel support during. The yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the other thing is just finding little ways in which you can become more active generally in your life. So, as an example of this, is we live on the. I'm trying to work out what floor it is. We're on the third floor of the the block of flats that I live in. And I always feel so bad for the postman because they have to it's like walk up these three flights of stairs when they come to deliver our post. So whenever they ring the doorbell, like the, the buzzer or whatever, I always try and like run down the stairs and like to, to try and like save them from walking up the stairs. And so that I'm basically like running halfway down, running halfway up every time. And my husband orders so many packages, which is <laughs> I'm like his personal like concierge for receiving <laughs> signed deliveries. And this is this watch fetish going on. Um, so, so Ben's watch fetish keeps me active as I'm running up and down these stairs signing for deliveries. So there's also like the opportunity, like maybe there's some places that you usually drive to that you could actually walk to instead. And even um, when I did my PNI diploma, they talked about we should move every half hour or every hour just for one minute. And for a while, I actually used to have like a little timer or just keep track of it when I was working and then just stand up and I would just do like one minute of squats or one minute of press-ups or just one minute of something every hour to keep myself active throughout the day. So it's just thinking of little ways in which you can be creative because 
and to some extent it's it would be better for you to be moving your body every half hour for a minute than it would be to then go and do 30 minutes of just like running but then sitting the whole day and being completely sedentary mm. so what you're talking about getting up every half hour is actually something that's built into the apple watch they've got a three different rings so there's an exercise ring which is exactly it your heart rate has to be up above a certain rate before it, it triggers as exercise and they've got a movement ring which is what we've been talking about just that general healthy movement um low intensity and then they've got a stand ring which is you have to be standing for one minute every single hour and then you get a bar on your stand goals and then you're supposed to be standing for 10 whatever it is throughout your day but yeah it's just it's also another way to put movement into your day is to pair it with something and we've spoken about habit pairing in previous shows but if there's something that is a routine that happens all the time so maybe you are boiling the kettle often or you put something in the microwave like that's a good opportunity to remind yourself oh I could actually do while I'm standing in the kitchen I could do 10 squats while the kettle is boiling or I could do three lunges or whatever it is and you can have little games with yourself like that so that the movement is as you say creative and it's also fun and it's built into your day where it's not overwhelming, you don't have to get the heart rate all the way up, but that's probably not what we're aiming for. We're just aiming for healthy joint mobility, um, healthy movement, healthy range. And when the more we build that in as we were supposed to move, because I mean, if you think about how much we were supposed to, we, the bodies are supposed to move in so many different ways um, all the time. So it's about kind of bringing ourselves back into how the body should be in its natural, healthy moving state. Yeah. And I think as well as like when we're seated all the time, what happens is we get certain muscles which become short and tight and certain muscles which become weak. So especially the hip flexors tend to get very tight. So the muscles across the sort of front of the hip and the thigh, the glutes, your bum muscles and hamstrings start to become weak and maybe underdeveloped. Um, the upper back muscles also become weak and underdeveloped. And then we also develop like a, a weaker abdominal midsection and a much tighter chest and kind of front body. So when you're thinking, especially if you're spending a lot of your day seated, it's maybe just also thinking about what's going to do the opposite to maybe open up some of these areas which are tight. And something that I like to do between clients or whenever I'm working in the day is just kind of lie over a foam roller or a yoga bolster and just allow my chest to kind of um, my back to arch a little bit through the upper back and allow my chest to expand and open maybe with my arms out to the side so that I'm getting a nice opening through those muscles which are habitually closed down and lunging especially like in yoga we've got anjaneyasana which is your one of your lunge positions but if you're taking your lunge from a really like good position it can open out like the hip flexor and through the back leg and so there's there's lots of movements that you can also be using throughout the day to support your posture, posture, and also just having strength and a good amount of muscle mass. These are all really important things we want to be thinking about as we get older. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So anything else you want to add on moving? You know, there was like a whole bunch of sciencey stuff I could have said about like how exercise is important for your cardiovascular system and the, the physiological effects of exercise. But I think at the end of the day, people know movement mm. and exercise mm. is good for them. I don't think I need to bore you with all of that. I think it's finding a healthy relationship with it. As I said, we've sometimes got these people who don't move enough and need to move more. And then we have people on the other end of the scale, which is maybe where I've been, 
is just doing too much and actually putting too much pressure on themselves with too much intensity and not enough. It's either black or white, like um, sedentary or flooring it without those shades of gray in between where we have different intensities, different planes, different qualities in our movement patterns. And really that, that flexibility and variety to move the body in different ways at different intensities is, is where you'll probably find the most health benefits. Mm, I totally agree. Movement is medicine. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's one of your things with your move, move, breathe, create is like, have I moved today? And I, what's interesting is I always think that movement and breath can be the same thing. So if you've moved, if you've breathed, have you not moved? I do think that you've moved, but what in my specifically in my platform, the breathe is relating more to this idea of tuning inwards. So mm. stillness, silence, reflection, and there's you know journal prompts and things like that to to guide people into that more soul work. But yes, 100% breathing is a moving pattern in the body, and there's so much like you know this past week I've been teaching why yoga is so powerful because it allows us to focus on the breath, and the breath is often where we experience a lot of the emotion in the body. So maybe you might not be able to tell it, but if I go like this, or if I go, Mm -hmm. you know, you can tell the emotional quality and I've not done anything except use my breath. And when we focus and pay attention on our breath in the yoga practice combined with this element of movement, it allows us to process emotions because we are being with what comes up through the breath. So I can't big up yoga enough, but (laughs) I think you said it quite clear throughout the show. You're a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> but um, anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to come and join the Move Every Day in May, I don't know when this podcast will be going out, but if you'd like to come and jump on in the challenge, even if you're not on, on the member site, if you want to join, you can sign up at movebreathecreate.com. But if you are not, you can just move every day and share something on Instagram. And I'd love to see you guys moving. Amazing. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, Using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul-searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies 
the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.